First Samuel chapter 7, verse number 3. Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And the child, then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored unto Israel. Even from Ekron, even to Gath, the coast thereof did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. He said, if you will repent... I will deliver you. And when he delivered them, it says that he restored everything that the enemy had taken away. I, I just want to share the burden of my heart with you that there is a path to restoration. Joel 2.25, he said, And I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. He said, I will restore. I wish somebody would just say that with me. I will restore. Let's lift our hands one more time and ask God to talk to us. Father, let your will be done tonight. Let your word be, be established tonight. Let us together agree tonight, O oh God, what you are going... In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, will you clap your hands one more time tonight? can be seated for just a moment. I just want to share with you the burden of my heart. The, uh, the scripture says in the, in the law, it says that if the thief comes and steals a sheep out of the flock, then the thief must return that sheep and also pay restoration fees along with it. In other words, if one sheep is stolen, the, there is, there's one place where I believe it says that three have to be restored. There's another place that under certain circumstances, more than three have to be restored. There's one place where it says if the sheep is stolen, that ten must be restored with the one that was stolen. Can I just stand here tonight and give you the heart that, that I am feeling this evening, and that is that there have been too many people stolen out of the household of God. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I know the one that says, I have come that they might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And for everyone that the enemy has stolen, I intend to persecute and prosecute him to the fullest extent of God's holy law, which is if you took one out of this house, you owe ten back to this house. I wish somebody tonight in Glen Ferris would just agree with me and say, devil, for everyone that is baptized in Jesus' name that you have stolen out of this place, we demand 
command according to the law of God that you return them to the most high God and that you bring I believe tonight brother Matt that there are those children and those young people that the devil has stolen away from this church but they're going to come back with their kids they're going to come back with their spouse they're going to come back with their extended family they are going to find a path to restoration in the house of God This is what I want. I'm probably preaching uh, to the atmosphere. But I want to cast this vision to the church tonight. And that is, at Glen Ferris Apostolic Church, there is a pathway for the prodigal to be restored back into fellowship, back into relationship, and back into some level of ministry and usefulness and harvest in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout, everyone is welcome. Everyone can be part of the church. Everyone. Mm. There is a pathway for prodigals to come back into the church. And so I'm just going to preach to you that are here tonight what I would love to tell every prodigal that has walked away from God. I want to talk to you tonight and tell you that there is a way God will eliminate your shame. God will eliminate your shame. God, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. I wish you'd agree with me tonight and say it. God will eliminate your shame. I I know I I get on the prodigal son pretty often. I'm going to end up on him again tonight. But the first sin that ever happened was in paradise. They ate that fruit. And it says they hid themselves because they were ashamed. They hid themselves from God because they were ashamed. They tried to cover their own shame. They tried to cover their own nakedness. And it was not good enough to cover their shame. But in the first act of restoration, God said, I'm going to kill an animal. I'm going to kill kill something innocent. I'm going to take the skin and cover your shame. In the first act of restoration, God said, you can come back into relationship with me and I am going to cover your shame. That blood that we were singing about tonight, it will never lose its power. And if it took away your shame when you first came to God, it can take away your shame again. God will take away shame That's point number one. Point number two. God is going to help you overcome regret. Does anybody feel what I feel in the house tonight? God is going to help people to overcome their regret. I was a new convert. This is in 
One of them, it might be written in the back of that Bible right there that you're sitting beside Brother Matt. Brother Chrisman, he said, one of the worst statements that can haunt your mind is what could have been. And I don't care if you walked away from God and now your mindset is this. What could have been in my life if I had been faithful? It's a reality. Some of you in this house have dealt with that and maybe you're still dealing with it today. set you free God is going to allow you to put the past behind you and walk forward we need to put our hand back on the plow and not look back we need to leave Sodom and Gomorrah and not look back we need to live a life that is forward and not back God I want to go forward with you and I trust you just the same way that I trusted you with my past when I first repented I'm going to trust you with my past today God is going (laughs) will you pray for somebody right now Pray for somebody right now. Pray for somebody right now. You need to picture him walking down the aisle to an altar one more time. This may not be a well-crafted sermon tonight, but I do feel like we have tapped into the heartbeat of God. God is going to help us eliminate shame. God is going to help us to get beyond regret. God is going to help us to re-cleanse homes and lifestyles. All of the garbage. Man, I love that prodigal son. Because he walked away from daddy. But whenever he walked... I, I, I love the story of the prodigal son. And we better love prodigals. Because there is going to be a day when they come to themselves. And we better make sure that we have the attitude of the father and not the attitude of the older brother. Because here's what the older brother said. He should have stayed in the house with daddy. I've been here the whole time. The older brother, this hit me last night, Brother Pat, and we prayed about it last night. This hit me last night. That there there is a spirit of the older brother that is bitter because the prodigal hurt God. 
The prodigal hurt daddy. The prodigal hurt the preacher. The prodigal hurt me. The prodigal hurt their Sunday school teacher. The prodigal hurt lots of people in this building. But the father does not care about any of that. The father is into restoration. We are going to help people connect with God and allow Him to re-cleanse lives, re-cleanse lifestyles, and re-cleanse their homes so they can live pure. Up. See, He's going to help them cut baggage away. That's right. That prodigal, he comes walking up the road, and I'm so glad Daddy was watching. He sees him when he was yet a long way off. And I know I've preached this here before, but I just can't help but preach it again. Give me Come that. On. Give me my jacket. Come on. Bring it on again. Stand up here, Brother Josh. The Father, he... We got, we got too many. God, I hope we have six more Joshes in the next year. The Father's out there. I just picture him out on the porch. I know they didn't have porches. I just picture him out on the porch. I'm a front porch kind of guy. I picture him out there. And he sees him a long way off. And it doesn't say he, he well, it's like, it's like Junior, maybe he's coming back here. It says he went to him. That, that's, God help us to be like the Father, that we are willing to run to them when they turn back to God. When, as soon as they turn back. So he had an awakening. He had a, what, what's it say there, Brother Josh, Bible scholar? It says that he came to himself. He said, what, what was his confession, Brother Tim? It was a confession of shame. He said, I am no longer worthy. Don't sit down, bro. You're coming back to the Father's house. He said, I am no longer worthy to be called by His name, but I, I will go back and, and I will be, I'll say, Father, I'm, I'm no longer worthy to be your son, but I will be as one of your hired servants. Yeah. That's what the prodigal thought. I'm no longer worthy. But there was no question in the father's mind, he was still my son. Daddy didn't see him as a servant. Daddy didn't even see him as a sinner. Daddy saw him as a son and came to run to him. And it said, he didn't check him out. He made sure he was okay before he came back. He didn't, he, he didn't tell him, man, you should have been back sooner. You should, he didn't give him any of that. What does it He came and embraced him. Yeah. That's right. That's how daddy feels. But he's got all this baggage. But Tommy, he's scarred by the world. He looks like and he smells like somebody who has been making his living in the bottom of a pig pen. Tattered clothes. Soiled clothes. Who knows how long he's been wearing this same set of clothes because he's long exhausted what he had from the Father. And he's trying to make a living on his own and he's not successful. He's tattered. He is torn. He smells bad. And what's Daddy say? Before you come back to the house, we're going to cover all of that up. 
There is a pathway to restoration at Glen Ferris Apostolic Church and we are not going to point out people's flaws. We're not going to point out their sin. Don't you think He knows how He smells? Don't you think He knows how He's dressed? Don't you think He knows what He's done? He doesn't need that. He needs a Father to wrap His arms around them. He needs a church to cover shame. He needs a church to say, there is a pathway to restoration. Oh, I wish you'd clap your hands unto the Lord. I don't know how much time to take tonight. Are you all okay? So let's be real for just a second. Because I've heard this from people. It's harder the second time. God set me free of stuff the first time. And it's harder the second time. You don't have to, you don't have to agree or testify or anything like that. But I've heard it from people who've walked away from God, got hooked on the same things that they were hooked on in the world the first time. They came back and they say, it's just harder. It's harder to get free. It's harder to touch God. And, and I think I've already used this illustration three or four times with the ministry staff, so they're probably tired of hearing it. Moses goes up to the top of the, of the mountain. And he says, and God says, uh, Hey, here's some tables I hewed out for you. Writes the law in the tables. Carry him down the mountain. He gets down the mountain. You know, I love how real the Bible is. Moses had a temper issue. He lost out on the promised land because he hit the rock. I can't hit them. I'm going to hit the rock. God. Anyway, he walks down the, the mountain. He's got these tables and he sees them all out here committing uh, idolatry and idolatry and all kinds of idolatries. He gets mad, but Tommy throws the tables down, smashes them, destroys them. He goes, goes off on the people, grinds up their idol, makes them drink it in water, all this stuff goes on. And then, and then he's, he's back in prayer and God says, Hey, pal, um, hew out two more tables and carry them up to the top of the mountain. See, the first time God hewed out the tables and said, carry them down. The second time God says, now you hew them out and you carry them up the mountain and I'll write on them again and you can carry them back down. I think that God is just looking to see, are you serious this time? I gave them to you the first time on credit. This time I'm going to make you earn it a little bit. I want people to understand there is a pathway to restoration, but it may not be as easy the second time as it was the first time. But there's still a God on the top of the mountain. That's right. That's right. There's still a supernatural experience on the top of the mountain. That's right. Somebody say, there is a path to restoration. So God is going to help eliminate shame. God is going to help overcome regret. God is going to help cleanse homes and lifestyles. God is going to offer healing and alignment to families. Hmm. I think Brother Bounds mentioned this. Pastor Bounds mentioned this the other night. Uh, 
Naomi is in, I only got about another hour and a half of material left in case you're wondering. Naomi and, what was Naomi's husband's name? I don't know, he died. So did their boys. What were their names? Like crazy names. Chilion. I don't know. There's Chilion, hot dogs on. I don't know. Whatever their names were, they died too. Says that there was a drought. There was a famine in the house of bread. And they leave. They go to Moab. When they're in Moab... Papa dies, and the two sons, they get married, and then the two sons die. And there is uh, 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 Ruth and that other chick, Orpah. There's a lot of names in this story. There will be a quiz later. Okay, we've got to cut through all the, all, all the chase. Orpah decides not to go back. Naomi says, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem because she heard that there was bread in the house of bread. Now when she gets back, she says this, Brother John, I've never heard anybody preaching on this in my life. I'm going to for 15 seconds. She says, I went out full, and now I am empty. Even when there was a perceived famine in Bethlehem, she realizes later, I was full. I had so much blessing. I felt like I was empty. I felt like I was struggling. I felt like there was something better on, on the other side of the river. I felt like there was something better. But now I realize I was full. I was blessed. And now I'm coming back and I am bitter. But I'm bringing with me a heathen. People are going to bring... People will have left here, haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, known about righteousness, known about godliness, known about holiness, known about baptism in Jesus' name, known about hero Israel, the Lord our God's one Lord, known about all this stuff. And they're going to bring heathens back with them. Because that's what Ruth was. She was a heathen. She didn't know anything about Jewish custom. She didn't know anything about Jewish law. She didn't know anything about their God. But there was a period where not only was Naomi restored, but Ruth became in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ and was used mightily. God is going to allow people who left full, they're going to come back to the house of bread, and they're going to bring heathens with the I don't know. They go bring heathens with them. But I know a Boaz. I know a kinsman redeemer that says you might not look the part. You might not be what everybody else is. But I think I will take on your shame. I will take on your reproach. See, because once she took on the name, she was no longer Ruth the Moabitess. She was Ruth the wife of Boaz. And she's going to be, they're going to come back and they're going to be adopted into the bride and they're no longer going to be heathens. They're going to be part of the bride of Christ. They're going to take on a new name. And we're going to help them 
All right. I don't know how many points we got tonight, but we're almost done. Let me, let me, God, somebody say he's going to eliminate shame, overcome regret, cleanse homes and lifestyles, heal and align families, and is going to make a pathway back to meaningful ministry. I want every person that's walked away from God to know if you weren't important, I'll preach to the camera, if you weren't important, the devil wouldn't have taken you out. If he wasn't scared of you, he would not have attacked you. If he was not intimidated by you, he would not have tempted you. Let's say Samson. Samson was powerful. Powerful. You know what happened to Samson? He found a place of ease. Man, the Philistines couldn't take Samson out on his worst day. He would go to battle and just pick up one. Oh, here's the jawbone. That's good enough. They didn't have anything for Samson until Samson got comfortable. Ooh, let me preach to the church for a second. Because when Samson got comfortable and Samson didn't have a battle to fight... Samson was lulled to sleep. And when Samson got lulled to sleep, Samson lost his consecration. And his power was in his consecration. And so, so they bind Samson and they, they take him to the, to the house of the Philistines and he's there. They, they destroy his eyesight and they bind him and he is, he is it's, it says he's, he's grinding grain, I guess is what he's doing, in the house of the Philistines. But there's this little verse, this little part of a verse. Brother John, in the book of Judges, it says, How be it his hair began to grow. They could cut his hair, but they couldn't kill his roots. They could, they could take him out of his position as a judge, but they couldn't, take, they couldn't destroy what was on the inside of him. And I want to tell every prodigal that's walked away from God that while you may have lost something, there's still roots of ministry. That the enemy cannot... Man, I want to tell every backslidden preacher... That you can be the greatest Bible study teacher that has ever walked the planet. I want to tell every backslidden Sunday school teacher that you can still be an intercessor for those children. I want to tell there's still a ministry. If, my, if the devil wasn't afraid of you, he would not have attacked you. My Lord, I believe it. I believe it. And this church... Hear me, 
We say we. We are going to be very intentional about making sure everybody who comes back to God can make it all the way back. We are not... Let's stand to our feet. I've talked long enough. We are not going to leave them at the end of the driveway. We are not going to leave them wondering, am I still welcome in daddy's house? Am I good enough? Because they already know they're not. Congratulations. None of us are. (laughs) Well, I think we already prayed. Maybe just one more time. I want somebody to know you still have, I want, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I want everybody to know you still have a future. Your walk with God is not over. The power of the blood is not diminished. The miracle of the cross is not erased. There is still a future. Will you uh, get somebody on your heart right now and just begin to pray? No, 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 no. I want you to pray for the heart of this church. I want you to pray that we would have a heart for every person that's ever walked away from the Lord. That we would not be bitter that we would not be resentful, that we would not be judgmental, but that we would love them as much as God loves them. He never stopped loving them. Jeremiah wrote and God said, I am married to the backslider. They might have walked out, but God says we're still married. I'm still in covenant with them. God, give us a love for your people. They're still your people. They're still your children. They're still your bride. Jesus. 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 Why don't we find a place to pray tonight? She's going to play softly, but why don't we all just find a place to pray tonight? You may feel like praying for an individual. You, may be, you might be a Sunday school teacher and children's faces are flashing through your mind. Let's just take some time and pray tonight. God, prepare us for what you want to do. God, prepare us. Prepare us to love them. Prepare us to care for them. Prepare us mentally and spiritually and emotionally for the messes that we're going to encounter. Prepare us, oh God, to love them in whatsoever state they're in. Prepare this church. We're going to reach people that that have never, never, never uh, had anything to do with the apostolic church. We are. But tonight, we're going to continue to pray for the backslider. We're going to continue to pray that this church is ready to receive them.